Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, Jays fans, and welcome to a new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law alongside Connor Happer and Josh Peterson. I'm John Bishop. It's been a good week for Creighton men's and women's basketball, and we will certainly discuss both here on this week's edition. In addition to that conversation, we will also hear from walk-on guard Xander Yates, who had a career night on Wednesday night at the CHI Health Center as he scored nine points against St. John's. The red team, as they call it, the scout team, serves a very vital purpose in getting the Jays ready for each and every game this season. And you'll hear a little bit from Coach Mack on that subject as well. Hey, real quick, want to remind you that with the Creighton versus Cancer pink out game happening on Saturday, and of course the auction is already done, there is still a chance for you to donate and help towards the cause. Of course, all of the proceeds over the years that have come from the Creighton versus Cancer pink out initiative have all gone to the Hope Lodge, Nebraska. The Hope Lodge is a place for cancer patients and a loved one to stay when that patient needs long-term care here in Omaha. And they can't go back and forth between their home and Omaha. And certainly hospital stays are very expensive. This is a really beautiful community. It's it's really just a very, it's a nice, uh, almost like a, a, a four-star hotel setup. But there's also a big community kitchen. They really try to make people feel welcome and feel as if they are at home. It's really a home away from home during that very vital treatment. And all of the proceeds have gone to help build this facility, which is all new within the last decade. But of course, now we need help in running it. So I would encourage everyone out there if you have a chance to please donate you can do so online cancer.org slash pink out is the address and nebraska cancer specialists has agreed to match all donations up to thirty thousand dollars so basically you can double your donation all donations up to thirty thousand dollars will be matched by nebraska cancer specialists so again that website is cancer.org slash pink out We'll repeat all of that information coming up before we wrap up today's podcast. But right now, let's go back to Wednesday night. Xander Yates coming off the bench. Jay's rolling over the Johnnies en route to a big 28-point victory. And Xander Yates had the game of his life. He hit three straight threes, almost got four in a row. But even still, something like that, even in garbage time where the game is already well in hand, Still an exciting moment for a young man who actually came over with Mason Miller, his more touted high school teammate from Tennessee, to basically be reunited, knowing full well that this was going to be his role. As a walk-on, he was going to be a scout team player. He might get a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there in actual games, but the chance of really getting on the floor and playing 
in meaningful minutes was was going to be limited. And certainly with the talent that he had coming from a, a, a good program in Germantown, Tennessee, that won a state championship, Mason's father, Mike Miller, the former NBA star, is the head coach. He certainly had opportunities at smaller schools, but decided on Omaha. So we asked him about that and, of course, his big game. So myself and Ravi Lula, after the broadcast on Wednesday night, sitting down, with Xander Yates. You, you never know when you're going to get a chance to talk to the walk-ons, right? <laughs> but here he is, the man himself. And let, Ch- Ch- back, back in the studio, Chance is playing sweet Georgia Brown. This was your game tonight, the Xander Yates game. Yeah. Felt good, man. I don't know. It's, I mean, they, they fell. So, <laughs> Xander, I know that, you know, your job on the team is different than a lot of the other guys. You're there to help the rotation guys prepare and mm-hmm. and get ready. And so it's, it's kind of a thankless job. How much fun is it, though, to get out here in front of the home crowd and have a game like this where you get a shine on the on the main stage the way everybody else does? You know, it's, it's, it's definitely fun. I mean, I get joy from, you know, helping the starters prepare because at the end of the day, they get me in the game. So <laughs> shout out to those guys. But, you know, it just it feels good to... You know, I mean, I shoot them all every day, but it's fun to do it in front of people. So, how good did it feel coming out of your hands? Uh, felt normal. I don't know. It just it, my shot always kind of feels good, but it felt good. I thought I wanted to hit that fourth one, but it didn't fall. So, <laughs> I was I was I was hoping that Stolzberg was going to get you yeah. that rock a little bit sooner, <laughs> but you found a nice spot in the corner there. Still three for four. That'll certainly do. Um, you got to tell the people, do you shoot like this in practice? Are you always this pure on the stroke there? Well, uh, a lot of times in practice, I'm like the five on scout. So I simulate like (laughs) like yesterday was uh, Soriano. So I couldn't shoot the threes. But when we play Xavier, I'll be shooting threes. So I look forward to those practices. There you go. (laughs) Xander Yates joining us. Of course, your story is unique because both you and Mason came over, your teammates in high school from Mm -hmm. Germantown, Tennessee. You played for... Played for Mason's dad. Yep. How? Just t- talk me through that whole process. How, when did you know you wanted to come here and 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 join your your friend and your teammate, knowing that hey, you're going to be a walk on. You're probably not going to get a lot of minutes. Yeah. Just, w- versus maybe going somewhere else where maybe you could get minutes. Yeah. So my recruitment was definitely really weird. It was like in the middle of COVID. I was a late bloomer, so I didn't really have many looks until my senior year, mm-hmm. when we did win that state championship. Had a lot of good guys around me, so that helped me a little bit, but I only had a couple like mid-majors and it was very late in the game. So I was just like, man, should I, cause you know, Mason, I've known him for like seven years now. I'm like, do I just go with Mason, you know, to a great program with a great coach, you know, instead of like maybe doing like a extra year after high school, just go there, red shirt, you know, soak in all the knowledge I can. And so I decided on that route and I'm happy I did. Was it a hard adjustment going from being a, a regular, a regular rotation guy, winning a state championship, to knowing you know your role now is very different? You're a practice guy. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I, I had to get my mind right before I came here because I wasn't, I'm not, I wasn't coming in thinking, yeah, I'm gonna play right off the bat. But I mean, I still go and work hard every single day. You never know when your number's called, but you know, yeah. Well, and you have seen minutes during uh, not in blowout situations earlier this year when the short rotation got a little bit goofy either with injuries or foul trouble. I guess how do you just switch that mindset from, hey, I'm helping on scout team to boom, I got to play in a game with real minutes when when the score is still competitive? Yeah, I mean, I just I don't try and think about like it too much. 
it's it's just basketball to me. So I'm gonna just go out there and do what I do every day. I'm not gonna change it just because it's a close game or it's not a close game. If I just play the same way every single day, it should take care of itself. And don't forget, folks, I know it came in a loss, but you had to come in and play some significant minutes against BYU when things were struggling and had to defend in the post. Yeah. That, that had to be a, yeah. a real challenge. Yeah, I mean, Cogburner helps me with that every day. I have to guard him and Fred back-to-back <laughs> -back every single day, so they help me with that. How is it as a scout team player, because you're always having to, you know, develop a new role, play a different role for a different team. This team, St. John's, is so different from everyone yes. in our league what was your role this week with scout team? Uh, our scout team got after it this week. We were raking after balls, you know, diving on the floor, playing really scrappy because that's what St. John's does. So, you know, I was, I was Soriano. Uh, the scout was, he likes that mid-range shot. So I had Cockburner and Fred take away the mid-range. And he's a excellent offensive rebounder, you know, pushing the back a little bit off of a Curbelo throw up and just tips it in. So just simulating that. Well, you must have done a great job because uh, you held... Joel Soriano without a double-double for just the third time this season. Yeah. So you must have done a heck of a job on scout team simulating. <laughs> That's all Cockburner. <laughs> when, when you saw Joel tonight for the first time and you looked at him, you go, did you think, I was him in scout <laughs> team? Because he's big. Yeah, I mean... Uh, he still couldn't guard me, though. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I, one, no one could guard me. I was saying, tonight, I get relief. I get relief you. when I can shoot my threes. But other than that, you know, I'm just out there helping my teammates. But. So, so talk to me about the role going forward. Obviously, your role doesn't change a whole lot, but it's so important to try to keep these guys fresh and get them prepared. Now it's two games a week. There's not going to be any more breaks. Mm -hmm. You're going to have short turnarounds, including the one this week. You're only going to really have a couple of days between now and Xavier. So what's going to be your role for Xavier? Uh, you know, tomorrow we probably, I'll be Nunji, so like I was last time we played him. And, you know, tomorrow will probably be a mental day just because all the starters and the rotation guys played heavy minutes tonight. So the scout team will probably be a little light tomorrow, but then we'll probably get after it the day after. So Get out there, get those stretch five shots exactly. up. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Xander, uh, it's so cool that we get it because – you never know when we get a chance to talk to the guys off the bench and you had nine points tonight. Anything you want to say to your, to your folks back home? Uh, no, I know my mom and dad were watching, so they already texted me. So, were they, How excited were they? Yeah, my mom was really pumped. So was my dad. Nine points. When's the last time you had nine points in a basketball game? <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> Not in the state tournament? Yeah. No, I did in the state tournament, but yeah, I'm going that was back. a couple yeah. of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, Xander, congratulations. Excellent job tonight. Thank you. We also had an opportunity to ask Coach Mack about the importance of the role of the scout team and also about Xander's play on Wednesday night. Our scout team, our red team, you know, Monday did an unbelievable job. You know, it's one thing to run the other team's offense, another thing to try to simulate St. John's defense. And we had them raking and digging and going after basketballs. And it really, I think, opened our guys' eyes to like, all right, this is what we're going to see. Um, because we turned it over far more in practice on Monday than we did tonight. Uh, so, you know, I got to give credit to that group. They don't get enough credit. They do a great job. It's kind of a thankless job. But it's a very important job. And, you know, everybody's role in this team, is, it's a different role, but it's an equally important role. And, and, and you know, their work and their preparation uh, really had an impact on this game tonight.
I want to ask you about Xander, who we just had over here, not about the threes. I want to I want to talk about what he did for you in scout team. Expand on that a little more because he played the role of Soriano for you in practice. And, yeah, yeah, he did. Really you helped. know, he's yeah, he's uh, you know, he was he was crashing the offensive glass. He was shoving and pushing those guys uh, because that's what Soriano does. Uh, and you know. It, you have it's amazing what happens when someone works and gives themselves to the team and is all about everybody else that a night like that tonight happens for him uh and he deserved it uh you know he's he can really shoot the basketball we saw that tonight and uh you know happy that he got his moment in the sun because he certainly deserves it the 1620 The Jays podcast is presented by Barry Law. Your most important assets are your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at 402-999-7777 or visit BarryLawFirm.com. At Barry Law, we help defend the rights of those in need. At Barry Law, we are in it to win it. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. And now, fighting through a little bit of an illness, but still playing through the pain, our colleague Connor Happer alongside Josh Peterson. All right, thank you, John. Welcome back. Another edition of the 1620 The Jays pod this week, and we are catching up yet again. Connor Happer, Josh Peterson with you with the uh, Creighton men's and women's basketball teams. Soon enough, there's going to be more sports that are happening. In fact, I think (laughs) tennis is starting up soon or now, Um, so we'll get there eventually, but we're in the heat of basketball season. And obviously, there's a lot of important basketball left to be played. Um, and we'll start with the uh, we'll start with the Creighton women. I guess last time Josh we did this, it was a couple of weeks ago. So I think they played three games since then, two and one. Mm-hmm. Tough, tough Friday night game at home against Villanova, where I mean, really from the start, just didn't have it. And then they go back out on the road and beat Providence. And you're looking at a Georgetown game on the road on Saturday. It's it's sort of status quo last couple of weeks for them. Yeah, I would say, and you know, we'll talk about the men in in a little bit. This I, I think happens the first time since we've been doing the pod where we're talking about two teams that have have had a nice little stretch of basketball. The men are three and zero since we last did one of these check ins. The women two and one, as you mentioned, that Villanova game. We were watching that one together, and I mean, it was just it, it's. I mean, look, when you're down twenty six to six at the end of the first quarter, uh, I don't know how many times a team has been down by twenty points in the first quarter in the history of women's basketball and come back to win especially against a ranked team, the, the, the chances are not going to be high. And so they, they put themselves you know, behind by such a large amount. Heck, Villanova added seven more points. It was a 27-point lead going you know, into halftime. And at that point, you're just kind of playing for pride. And, and I thought that you know, Creighton responded pretty well in the second half. They outscored uh, Villanova 38-27. to 27. So at, at least they didn't you know, kind of roll over. One of the things that you and I have talked about uh, a few times throughout this season is – the, the roster is what the roster is, right? Where there are 10 players that are going to play. And so I kind of like that, I guess, in situations like this where you're, you're struggling, you're losing. And it's like, hey, everyone still has to play in the second half. You can't just put in a bunch of the backups and, and give them yeah. the, the rest of the minutes. And then speaking of responding well, 
that then they go on the road and uh, look, I know it's against a Providence team, you know, that has struggled this year is near the bottom of the standings, but to go on the road after that, have kind of a sluggish first quarter, a sluggish first half overall, only up 23 to 20, but to win the game by 18 points, like that had to feel real good for Flan and company uh, coming off of, I I mean, uh, I don't know. I would say maybe the worst game of the year, right? Just given given that it's at home against a team that you kind of view as your peer. I know that we talked about the Providence game earlier in the season that they lost at home, but the the just the way the Villanova game started had to be so tough. So so good for them right. to, to rebound from that and get a nice victory. Well, you know, and then you look at you look at what's ahead, or you look at the, that paired with the standings anyway. And remember, you know. That split with Villanova, they beat them on the road yes. way back earlier in the season. And I don't think we thought that would be like a huge marquee win at that point in time. It was only December 2nd. Yep. But they beat them by 21 on the road. And, you know, Villanova's 18 and three. Yeah. Now. They've only lost one time in the conference. And it was that one, the first the first game of the year. They've uh, they've lost to St. John's once already. So that we're talking about teams that are ahead of Creighton in the standings right now. There's UConn, obviously, 11 and 0. Villanova nine and one with the one loss to Creighton. St. John's has beaten Creighton once. They still have another game. Creighton still has them one more time. Yep. Uh, coming up here in just a week or so. And then, you know, and then there's sort of a crowded middle, um, you know, with a couple uh, teams that are sort of right in there. So, I mean, you're going to have more cracks um, at, at, at sort of the top of the league. There's still a trip to stores on the, uh, on uh-huh. the agenda. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's always going to be one to watch out for. Marquette's right there near him in the standings, but there's room to make some hay still, I think, on the schedule. And and like we've, I mean, I feel like we've hit this bullet every time we've talked about this team. They're th- this team's played so many minutes together and they're so experienced together that you don't really you don't really worry about them riding the highs and lows too much, you know? Yep. Like you, yeah. you don't think they're going to they're not going to fall off the cliff one way or the other, right? It's, it's yep. going to be, they'll steady out at some point. And, and I feel like right now you're sort of in one of those steadying, you know, in between waves, I suppose for this team. And, and we'll see if they're able to kick it up into another gear. Once we head into really important basketball in February. Yeah, you know, it had Rachel Saunders on the podcast last week and and just kind of what you're saying just now about, um, you know, remaining steady. I, I definitely sense that in my conversation with her. I mean, it's a team that right now is sitting in a good spot overall. You know, UConn obviously at the top of the league, 11-0. You mentioned Villanova, 9-1 and so far in conference, and then St. John's right in front of them at 8-3. and And so you look at the games that they have coming up. Like you said, that's St. John's one. I'll be on the call for that one with Rob Sims for uh, the Big East Digital Network. That one should be a real, real good matchup and a real interesting game, uh, you know, given what happened earlier this year. That was it. That was really kind of have to be beginning of that swoon that they had, you know, they lost that game. They beat Drake. Then they lost three in a row. They won a game against DePaul and then they lost again. So, I mean, that was a stretch of five losses, you know, in seven games and they were really struggling. And so I have to imagine in front of the home crowd on a Saturday afternoon, hopefully, you know, we get some good weather uh, in the next few weeks. And and so people are are coming out for that one. That will be a, uh, that will be a real big, uh, important game. And so, uh, you know, seeing now, now looking ahead to, to this weekend at Georgetown, that'll be a noon game. You know, how do they, how do they perform against the Hoyas uh, in this one? And, and just, you know, just, I, I don't want to say like refine their momentum, but I mean, now, now as, as the calendar turns to, to February next week, it's about stacking W's and, yeah. you know, about just really putting yourself in a good position 
um, you know, going into the Big East tournament and then the NCAA tournament. Their net rankings are going to be good, you know, as this season rolls on. They continue to be, you know, a mainstay, uh, you know, in the top 30, top 25. They're currently sitting at 28th as of this recording. So they're sitting in a good spot, but, you know, continue to stack some of those W's as the calendar flips into February. And then, you know, one more month in the regular season and, and it's really time to ramp things up. Yeah, Georgetown's usually a team that they handle okay as well. They've won uh, seven in a row against them, according to uh, some notes that we have from uh, good friend Glenn Sisk. So, um, you know, I, I think you you want to feel like you can take care of business there and then come back home yeah. for a couple against DePaul and St. John's that who are uh, two pretty competitive teams. Uh, let's switch things over to the men's side who, I mean, speaking of steadying out, I, I really yes. think that's that's sort of the the note that we want to hit um, for this team where, you know, you, you, we didn't know what to think coming out of December, getting Kalkbrenner back. Okay. What's real. What's not. Yep. Um, and then losing those two games out on the road against UConn and, and Xavier. But now coming back home, getting a little bit more consistency, just in the amount of games you're playing, where you're playing them. Um, Providence Butler, St. John's three wins in a row. And this is one that we've highlighted for a long time now. Um, because of how good of a game it was when they played on January 11th. The pink out game is on Saturday yep. and, and it's against Xavier and they need it. And um, it's, I don't know if it's a must win, but I do feel like they're in a really good position to get it done with that crowd behind them. Yeah. Um, always Xavier, an emotional day. Always an emotional day. Xavier's, you know, that's, that's a good team. They, they have just, one loss in conference and it was that weird midweek loss to DePaul um, that was a couple weeks ago, Xavier does. So they just got done beating UConn in stores the other night. Uh, so that was pretty significant on there. That's a really good team. Uh, but I do feel, I, I don't know. I felt now they have maybe as, as sturdy a feet under them as they had have had all year, just with health, with yep. figuring out roles, yep. um, understanding your weaknesses. Like they, they know now, what they can and cannot do. And that's a really top, really good time of year. January 28th is Saturday. It's a really good time of year to be able to say that out loud. And I think that's where they are right now. Yeah. And, and uh, on top of that, I mean, the game against Xavier a couple of weeks ago, you know, and first of all, how about that? You know, very quick turnaround. They played on the 11th. They'll play then again on the 28th. That was one, a very winnable game. Very, very winnable game for Creighton um, as Xavier was able to pick up that three-point victory late, you know, a couple of rough possessions towards the end of of that one. So, yeah, it's a team that you're looking at right now and and you're saying, okay, coming back into into, into Omaha after that one, uh, dude, I'm with you. I think that this team is is really kind of finding itself. You know, we we, we had Ravi on Unsportsmanlike Conduct this week as we always do on Thursdays. And we talked a little bit about the three point shooting because their most recent game, the, the win over St. John's one Oh four to 76. Like if, if you didn't watch it and you just look at the the box score and you look at the three point shooting, you're like, Hey, 11 of 30, that's not too bad. You know, right. close to 40%, seven of 16 in the fourth quarter in the, the second half, excuse me, that's 44%. Like you're feeling really good, but that doesn't tell of course the whole story where Xander Yates knocks in three of four late in the game as <laughs> yep. he gets as he gets four minutes. So you chop those off, and it's really a team that went eight of 26, so cl- much closer to 30%. I say that not to say, uh, like, this is a bad thing. More, they're not really attempting a whole lot of threes, and I think that, that they seem to have re-kind of calibrated themselves 
as to what they are. Now, look, maybe that was a game. They're whooping up on St. John's. You didn't really have to. You weren't forcing anything. Maybe things changed this weekend versus Xavier. But I think one of the most important aspects of this year as it has unfolded is, I guess, kind of learning that you are not what you thought you were or you could be. And if, if they're not shooting as many threes and if they continue to be more efficient, we've seen that now quite a few times in the last month or so where they're not shooting as many threes as, I mean, certainly that Nebraska game where they shot 40, <sighs> you know, you can't, you don't want to see that anymore. Uh, that that's, I think where I can start again, talking myself into, look, it was a team that was super thin last year. They, they performed very well at the end of the regular season. They, they, they win in round one in a real hard game and then of course they take the eventual national champs to the brink like it, it, it like I, I don't I don't think I'm going to be as high on them going into the dance as I was before the season but there is at least a path to them performing better than we thought they would even you know a month ago well I mean I haven't checked the uh, I haven't checked the brackets this week I, I would imagine that they're in that sort of eight nine ish range uh, actually a little lower the bracket matrix they just climbed off of that 11 yeah. kind of play in game line they're okay. now a, a a 10 seed you know trending closer to a 9 seed so this That's, is going to be the one to watch then because yes I, I, like projecting forward josh and and saturday is a huge huge mark what happens in uh, in, in chi on saturday is going to determine, you know, a lot of the talking points, I think, for the remainder, you know, for the rest of the five weeks of the season. But you still have UConn at home, um, and you still have Marquette at home. And then you look at the standings, and you compare that, and you say, okay, well, if they can get Xavier, um, that would bump them down a win. Marquette, you already you play them one more time. You've already lost to them. Providence, you already got them at home. Um, and then UConn, you know, they're going to be a threat for the league, but they're, they're a couple games behind you right now. And all of a sudden you're asking yourself when you wake up on Sunday, you're like, what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, we could, I think the storyline changes. If they win on Saturday, we're talking about a, a, a run at a Big East championship again. And, and I, it's weird to sort of say that out loud, but I feel like there's enough comfort there. And then you look around the rest of the league and 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 Marquette is really really good. I think they've been probably, I don't know, maybe the most complete team this year. Xavier's had some of the more impressive wins. Marquette's been complete, um, but I just Creighton lurking in the background of being this preseason Final Four hype team with a bunch with, of players that have been there, right? With a bunch of players that have been there, with one of the best, if not the best, starting five in the country that still exists, and they're all healthy, and you know they're all sort of feeling out their roles, um, you know all their strengths. I just I love that position. I love that position, and it doesn't say I don't know if they're going to have enough guns to sort of pull it off, um, but there, there's an outside chance that's what the conversation is starting next week or, you know, in a couple weeks here. I was going to, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it, it really makes for a, a fun watch on Saturday morning into the afternoon. Uh, again, the, the pink out game. If you're listening to this before the shows on Friday, we'll be at the Hope Lodge taking donations. This is, I mean, it's always a supercharged atmosphere. Uh, my dad is a cancer survivor. Um, and, and so it's, it's, you know, over the years, this game has meant a little bit more to me, um, you know, than, than it, than it even used to. Uh, so it, it, it always makes for, I think a real, a fun, supercharged kind of tough environment. That's very emotional. Um, and, and so I look forward to seeing what it's like 
when the when the ball tips off on Saturday morning at eleven fifteen. Yep, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, um, but just sort of looking the at the way it, you know, at the way it goes for the rest of the year. I think that's what could be. T- and and we're about to turn the page into February. Like this is yeah it's about to be big time <laughs> basketball time. So. Um, you know, and, and we've gotten, we've almost gotten there. We figured out almost everybody in the big East at this point. And we might've mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when we caught up with this team, but you know, I, I just, I like the idea of them getting a couple of those teams, uh, road games out of the way early, take those lumps. And then they have to turn around and come to Omaha in February or in early March. Yeah. It's, it, it's just sort of a good setup for them, but yeah. When your team's finding itself, right. You know, as the yeah. year goes on. Yep. So uh, you never know, but Saturday's <laughs> is uh Saturday's a big one. Saturday's a big one for the blue Jays. So, all right. That is uh that is your catch up with the men's women's basketball teams. Okay. So what's the prediction for next time when we do this, we, it'll be probably a couple weeks again. Yep. Um, what are we talking about? Are we talking about both teams sort of living up to potential or being what they were supposed to be or leveling out again? Or are we riding the roller coaster? Where are we at? Man, so, I mean, like we said at the start, when we checked in a couple of weeks ago, since then, five and one combined. Um, let's see, if we're doing a check-in in two weeks, so we're looking at, you know, early early February, early to mid-February. I mean, I, I certainly like the women to pick up some W's. They, they're going to have a nice little stretch of home games. They, they play on the road this week, uh, this weekend at Georgetown, and then a couple of home games after that. The men, I mean, really, I, I think, Hap, the, the way that we discuss it, I think Saturday sets the tone. I mean, look, you yep. got to beat Georgetown. I know that they finally picked up a W, but you got to beat you got to beat George. Yeah, very good job, Georgetown. You got to pick up a dub uh, job, at, at Georgetown and then Villanova. I look, man. I think we're going to be talking about a couple of teams that that are continuing to play well. I'm going to be bullish. I'm going to say that the next time that we come on, that both teams are going to be sitting in a pretty good spot. As we wrap things up this week, men's and women's tennis are back in action. They're at North Dakota on Friday afternoon and Friday evening. The women's match is starting at 1 p.m. Men's match is starting at 5 o'clock. Then on Saturday, it's the annual Creighton versus Cancer Pinkout game. The Jays taking on number 13, Xavier. It's already a big game just from the standpoint of trying to keep pace with the first place Musketeers in the Big East, also trying to avenge a loss from a couple of weeks earlier. But with the emotions of the Creighton versus Cancer pinkout game, it is always a special day. A sellout crowd expected at CHI Health Center and always a great visual as well. Pre-game coverage starts on 1620 The Zone at 9.45 a.m. with Blue Jay shoot-around. Tip-off is at 11.15 a.m., from CHI Health Center, the Blue Jays, and the Musketeers. The women's tennis team will be at Air Force. That match will be taking place also on Saturday morning. The women's basketball team is at Georgetown. High noon tip-off for Creighton and Georgetown. The men's tennis team is taking on Gustavus Adolphus. And then midweek next week on Wednesday night, the Blue Jay men are back on the road to take on the Georgetown Hoyas. Pre-game coverage begins on 1620 The Zone and 1019 The Keg at 5 p.m. with tip-off from D.C. at 5.30. The women will be back at home against DePaul. That will also be on Wednesday night, February the 1st from Sokol Arena. 6 p.m. start, and you can hear that game on our sister station, 1180 The Zone. 
Want to remind you again one more time about the Creighton versus Cancer donation and the matching donation that is being offered by Nebraska Cancer Specialists. All donations up to $30,000 will be matched by Nebraska Cancer Specialists with all proceeds going to the Hope Lodge, Nebraska. You can donate right now online by visiting cancer.org slash pinkout. That is cancer.org slash pinkout. That'll wrap things up for this week's 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law. Your most important assets are your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at 402-999-7777 or visit barrylawfirm.com. At Barry Law, we help defend the rights of those in need. At Barry Law, we are in it to win it. The 1620 The Jays podcast drops each and every Friday morning. You'll be able to catch it wherever you find your favorite podcast, or you can always visit the 1620thezone website, 1620thezone.com, and you can also find the download link there as well. For my colleagues, Connor Happer and Josh Peterson, I'm John Bishop. The 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. 